Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, to 38th and Wisconsin this week on Urban Spelunking. This is a, a place that is totally unrecognizable today from what it used to be. We're talking about the Pan American Club. Um, this is a really interesting story because it kind of shows you how um, proximity to the stadium changed a business and I think in a lot of ways represents what's going on now with that whole strip along Blue Mountain of these bars that are really, they do a ton of business, they're super connected to the, the American Family Field crowd. So let's just kind of rewind here. This opened in 1949, the Pan American Club. Bobby, how did you first get turned on to this story? How did this get on your radar? This was a tip from a reader. Nice. Which I, I love when that happens. Yeah. And what happened is I got a message from somebody who said, would you someday look into the Pan American Club? And I had a moment, so I Googled it, and I got a postcard showing the place. And I was like, this is incredible. Look at this place. And then i like, wait a second, that building is still there. And it's, it's just like, now it's a tiny, nondescript, one-story building that has, like, all the windows sort of covered up. You can't tell what's going on there. There's no sign outside, really. Um but back in the day, it was just this like swanky looking mid-century lounge. And so then I just fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah, the, the photos on that you found <laughs> in the story. I think I did it all in like a day. I was just, I was <laughs> yeah, just I like, bet. I'm off and running. <laughs> yeah, the photos you found in the story, like those postcards, really do show you that this was like peak mid-century. Oh, yeah. And like uh, carpet on the walls, green, green chairs. Yeah. And, yeah. I just wish I could go in there for like an hour. <laughs> So it was called the Pan American Club because it celebrated 21 different countries that are considered Pan American at the time. So we're talking about North America, South America, and Central, and Central America. America. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, the the woman who had started the place, Evelyn May, had studied in Mexico for a year, was involved in some sort of Pan American club, um, which apparently was popular at the time, the sort of post-war era, the sort of celebrating the Western Hemisphere, probably because we were done looking at the right <laughs> looking too far right, away right. you know um and you know she had all these different dishes we could we'll talk about this later too but she had all these different dishes from different countries she wanted to make sure every country was represented um so it wasn't really so much like a cultural appropriation thing as much as i think you know it's hard to get it in her head but a genuine attempt to kind of celebrate what was going on in the quote-unquote new world. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know, 1949, um, and there's a lot of nuance when you're talking about the differences in cuisine between, like, Colombia and Honduras and El Salvador, but, you know, she was trying to really show the the distinctions and the different cultures, how it's realized through food. Right, because this probably wasn't like a blockbuster, like, money-making idea. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Probably, to just be yeah. like, let's have a different dish from 20 in different countries on our menu. It did okay, it lasted 20 years, but, I mean, she, she obviously support like was into what she was doing well coming up in the second part of our conversation we're going to talk about when the braves arrived in milwaukee and how that had a pretty distinct impact on the business how the business changed and set the stage for a lot of the businesses we see now near the stadium that's next on urban spelunking If you're looking to have some fun in Milwaukee, we've got you covered. You can count on us to spotlight local music, events, and stories every hour, every day. All of these programs are free to enjoy because of support from listeners like you. When you join Radio Milwaukee today, you're supporting our local focus. And you'll be entered to win a $100 gift card to Buttermint Finer Dining and Cocktails. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to make your gift today. 
All right, Bobby, we're back. 38th in Wisconsin at the Pan American Club. Looking at the menu here, like we said, there's 20 different countries or 21 different countries with 21 different dishes. So so what's the what's the one you would like to try the most? There's today? some really good stuff on here. I mean, um, I mean, Argentina, you can't go wrong with the choice tender filet mignon for four fifty. Right. <laughs> can't go wrong with that. Uh, broiled lobster tails with San Jose butter from Costa Rica. Sounds yeah, so pretty I'm good. I'm all over that. I'm all over that one. What about you? Yeah, that's the one I want, is I want the broiled lobster tails. How about this? Uh, or the fried deep sea scallops. And where's that from? Nicaragua. I'm a little skeptical about that, though. Nicaragua has, is represented by fried deep sea scallops with tartar sauce. <laughs> well, Which, it was the 1940s. I'm just going to say, right? I'm not sure that's, I don't know much about Nicaraguan cuisine, but I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that's not exactly accurate. <laughs> I like the Brazilian combination grill, which is a calf's liver, lamb chop, bacon, and a grilled tomato, all for only three fifty. That's a steal. That's from Brazil. So, I mean, uh, a, a creative menu for sure, and certainly one that had to be researched. Um, and love those nineteen forties prices, right? Four twenty, four seventy five looks like the most expensive thing yeah, for the grand twenty four ounce T bone. Wow! And that's from the USA. <laughs> Yeah, good yeah. old USA. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good, uh, good menu. So this was uh, 1949, and then the Braves arrive in Milwaukee when the 1953. So what happens when the Braves arrive? And uh, there's all this baseball just uh, a home runs distance away from the. Yeah, I mean, I bet I, I'd have to stand in front and look, but you could probably see the stadium if you had the right angle, you know, over the viaduct. Um, and they immediately hop on board. They're like immediately they're Braves backers. And the Packers start playing here. They become Packer backers. They institute um, a shuttle to and from the stadium. A shuttle. That's like a Milwaukee staple, right? right? They start advertising that you can park your car at uh, the Pan American Club, hang out, have a couple of drinks, go to the game in the shuttle for free, come back in the shuttle, hang out some more, and then you have drive-away parking service. So that is, that's like an iconic Milwaukee business model now. I mean, you look at all yeah. those, like Kelly's Bleachers and all the all the businesses along Blue Mound, they're all running shuttles. My dad takes that Balistrieri shuttle, mm-hmm. shuttle every time he goes to the I game. I like the McGinn's one, but yes. Yeah, McGinn, yeah they're, yep. who, which, which one's your favorite? I'm, I think I'm partial to the Stenny's one myself over here by uh, 88.9. Well, I like the McGinn's one because I like the McGinn's wings, even though that they don't do the, the Jamaican jerk wings. Uh, on game day, unfortunately, I think oh. they're, they're too much work. Um, but anyway, we, well, we can talk about wings we all digress. day. But yeah, um, <laughs> so. um, but I, I can't say that they were the first to do the shuttle. But this is—they're clearly at the pioneering age of this, right? I mean, the Braves have just come to town. The stadium's just finally get, it's been built. It's just getting used, and they're immediately in on the shuttle. So that's that's pretty amazing for Milwaukee. That is the shuttle, as you say, is an iconic part of the sports. Uh, life here yeah i mean and so i mean that makes this place pretty important i think and they they went so far as building a parking structure right like right on they the built a two-tier parking structure behind the place yeah so with time. room for like 300 cars according yeah, to your story yeah so and and then a couple of years later they built a four-story travel lodge on top of it so what's a travel lodge exactly a motel. it's a motel <laughs> got it and it's still there i mean it, it doesn't operate as a motel but if you go there today to 3816 west wisconsin you can see the low sort of single-story building in front, which was the Pan American Club. And right behind it, you can see the two-story 
parking garage with the four-story travel lodge, which is now apartments on top. Okay, so it's so it's not, all still there. It's yeah. just not what it all was originally meant to be. That that's just so interesting to think about all these. I mean, how many buildings have we talked about that are totally unrecognizable? Like you, you would, would just not, never know. You would not look twice at this building if you drove past it. So it looks now like a, what is it used for now? An office space or the, it's an office. The Pan American Club itself is is an office space for uh, like a, biz, a real estate management company, and and those apartments in the motel. Got it. So when you were doing your research, I mean, how did you find some of these things, like the menu and, you know, all these, um, you oh, know, Nate, the Nate. drink list? You want all my secrets? I want some of them. <laughs> yeah, I want it. Here's this. Uh, well, the ads came from newspapers. Okay. I searched newspapers. And that's where a lot of the history came from, too, because a lot of it was written. The best part, the best newspaper thing, uh, there were actually two, I got to tell you. One was when it first opened, uh, just before it opened, they held a little preview party. But uh, because they didn't have their liquor license, they couldn't hold the preview party in the bar. So they held it in the uh, printing company's uh, building right next door because the guy who owned the printing company was an investor in the Pan American Club. And um, Did well, he have a liquor license? or how did? Well, no, but I guess you could do it because it was like having a party at your business. Oh, I see. Know, okay. Because it wasn't actually a bar. Setting. I see. But okay. what's funny is one of the newspaper reporters who covered it said it was the first time he went to an opening of a bar and got drunk in a printing plant. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was funny. A little um, detail to include in the story. Yeah, yeah it's in there. And um, then the other thing was about uh, this chef um, whose name you have right there in front of you, Victor. Right? Is that- uh, Victor Marot Moreau. Yeah, Victor Marot, I guess. Yes, that's the that's Mal. it. <laughs> <laughs> He's pictured in the story sharpening a knife, it looks like, and uh, planning a knife. something like a fez and what looks to be something sort of like some kind of Middle Eastern vest on. He looks very Pan-American, very continental, ready um, to... And the ad across the top says, Good news! Exclamation point. Prime ribs of beef man to stay at Pan-American indefinitely. <laughs> so apparently Victor was thinking of leaving, or they were thinking of firing him, I don't know. But the public demanded that Victor stay. And, and, and he stayed. With the title, The Prime Ribs of Beef Man, in quotes. <laughs> That's... It doesn't really roll off the tongue. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Certain things that you find in these stories just don't quite hit the same, I don't think, all these years later. But um, but yeah, so all that stuff came from the newspapers. um, And then uh, postcards, matchbooks, menus, it was all stuff I found on uh, on the internet that people had shared. Yeah, those are the kind of details that make these stories so special. And when you when you think about, you know, you're including these these bits of history, you know, and I wonder in a hundred years when people are reading this story, if it's going to hit the same as that reporter at the journal or whoever that yeah, that right. said that they got drunk at the the printing press <laughs> next door, the, or whatever it was, you know. And uh, it's those little details in the story that really stick with you. And it's just so cool that you have the original menu from the Pan American Club. Yeah, it was it was fun to find that stuff. It, the story wouldn't have been as good if I couldn't have found that stuff. So, I'd have done it anyway, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> well, next time you're in that area, definitely take a look. 38th in Wisconsin and think about that Pan-American Club. Definitely go to our go to the website and, and see those photos. The The menu is worth it. You could see uh, Sh- uh, Chef Victor, the prime ribs of beef man, uh, <laughs> a photo from the story there as well. And uh, make sure you're subscribing to Urban Spelunking. We put out a new a new episode every week. It's always based on Bobby's story. He's, uh, he's writing so many of these stories with so much amazing content in there. So... Click the info box in the player where you're listening right now and find a link to Bobby's complete story at On Milwaukee. Always lots more photos and history in there. And we also have that linked up at radiomilwaukee.org. Podcast here on 88.9, produced by Kenny Perez. And we do welcome your feedback. Rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. All right, Bobby. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week.